We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. Today on Hope Lives 365, Pastor Mark Finley tells of an arrogant king who is terrified by the hand of God. Daniel looks. He says, let your gifts be to yourself. My soul is not for sale. Let your gifts be to yourself. Let your rewards be to another. I will be faithful to God under any circumstances. The burden of my life is to be faithful to God. A line from the Star Wars movie is when Yoda, the Jedi Master of Obi-Wan Kenobi, tells the young student Luke Skywalker, Do or do not, there is no try. It's a good reminder for us that just knowing what will honor the living God is really not enough. We must also listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit and do it. The king of Babylon, Belshazzar, successor and grandson of Nebuchadnezzar, was so smug about the strength of his city walls, he felt uh, fully protected and accountable to no one. So he foolishly engaged in a huge drunken feast, which left him and his city totally vulnerable to the military genius of Cyrus, the king of Persia. And to make matters worse, Belshazzar gave the command that defiled the sacred gold and silver vessels from the holy temple to Jerusalem and thereby blasphemes Almighty God. Well, he knew that the right thing to do was to revere the things of God, and he did not do it. More on that next on Hope Lives 365. Welcome back to Hope Lives 365. Our teacher is Pastor Mark Finley. He has many years of experience in ministry as a pastor, author, and television and radio speaker, and serves as the associate director here at Hope Lives 365. Now today, Pastor Mark is beginning a two-part message, which is actually a part of the fifth in the series of Unsealing the Secrets of Daniel. In particular, his sermon is about life's greatest mistake, about what makes the big difference in our lives when it comes to honoring God. Here's Pastor Mark Finley. Many years ago, Dr. Everett Graham was doing experiments on cigarette smoking. He developed a cigarette smoking machine, and this cigarette smoking machine would extract tar from cigarettes. This was in the 1940s, before anybody had any idea that cigarette smoking was related to cancer. So Dr. Everett's smoking machine would smoke cigarettes, it would extract tar from those cigarettes, he would take a paintbrush and paint that tar on the back of experimental animals like rats or mice. He noticed that those rats or mice developed cancer indistinguishable from human cancer. Now at that time, nobody knew, nobody knew, not one person knew, that cigarette smoking caused lung cancer. But here, Dr. Everett Graham was doing the experiments, and he was extracting the tar, painting it on the back of these mice, and they were developing cancer. He did those experiments over a period of time, and he wrote to his colleague, Dr. Alton Oxner, of the famed New Orleans Clinic. 
And Dr. Oxner said it was one of the saddest letters he ever got. And Dr. Graham said, there is no question that cigarette smoking is causally related to lung cancer. Then he said in this paragraph, but Dr. Oxner, it's too late for me. Because all the time I was doing the experiments, I was smoking three packs a day. I've just been diagnosed with lung cancer and I have two months to live. The brilliance of Dr. Graham's mind did not in any way keep him from doing what he knew he ought not be doing. Everett's Graham knew, but he did not do. The story of Belshazzar in Daniel chapter 5 is not the story of a man that didn't know. It's the story of a man that didn't know and he didn't do. Nobody will be lost simply because they did not know. They'll be lost because they rejected the promptings of the Spirit on the heart. You know, the Bible says, John 1 verse 9, that Jesus is the light that lights every man that comes into the world. We're not lost because of some geographical accident that we did not know. We're lost because we did not do. We didn't respond to those promptings of the Spirit in the heart or the teachings of Scripture in His Word. The story of Daniel chapter 5 is an amazing story. We're going to study it. Daniel 5 verse 1, Belshazzar the king made a great feast for a thousand of his lords and drank wine in the presence of the thousand. Belshazzar was 36 years old approximately, as clear as we can tell from the historical records. He's 36 years old. You know, somebody said great eaters and great drinkers are rarely great in anything else. Great eaters and great drinkers are rarely great in anything else. Daniel chapter 5, we're looking there at verse 1. He makes this feast to a thousand of his lords. Now, one thing we need to be aware of, that night, Cyrus had come down and he had surrounded uh, Babylon. Cyrus was the Persian king. He was named before he was born. The prophecy in the Bible is 150 years before this event. It's in Isaiah chapter 44 and chapter 45. Isaiah was written in 680 B.C. And so here you have Cyrus and the Persian armies surrounding Babylon. The Babylonians go up on the walls. They see the armies of the Persians. And they say, hey, you guys, we got the river Euphrates running through the center. We got a constant water supply. We're not worried about you. Hey, you guys, we got a 20-year food supply in the city. You're going to have to camp out there a long time. So the Babylonians go up on the walls, and they are so arrogant that they throw food over the walls, the historical record says, so that the Persian armies could get something to eat. So arrogant. Belshazzar is so confident that his city will not be overthrown that he throws a feast that night in Babylon. What he doesn't know is that Cyrus the general has dug irrigation ditches, drained the river Euphrates, marched his armies down under the gates. They come up in the city. The guards at the gates on the inner gates have left those gates open. And Cyrus's armies come in. But let's go continue with our story in Daniel chapter 5. There is a drunken feast. And there in that drunken feast, wine flows like water. And long-robed Babylonian statesmen hold close, finely gowned Babylonian perfumed women. There is an immoral orgy going on in that banquet hall. Conscience is at half-mast. Alcohol has defiled the brain and the thinking processes. 
and there it flows. Belshazzar, when he tasted the wine, Belshazzar gave the command to bring the gold and silver vessel which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple that's been at Jerusalem. Think of it. Years before Nebuchadnezzar attacks Jerusalem, he goes into the sacred sanctuary and takes the vessels that are used for worship in the sanctuary. And he takes those vessels that have been in the presence of the Shekinah glory of God, used for worship, and he brings them into a Babylonian temple where the Babylonian gods are. What blasphemy. Now, in an act of total blasphemy, Belshazzar, half drunk, in the midst of immorality, in the midst of this party, with the music playing, and people drunk, and dancing going on, immorality and drunkenness. He says, go get the vessels! Go get the vessels! What vessels? What vessels? Go get the vessels! The vessels from the sanctuary, bring them in! And these holy, sacred vessels are brought to this drunken feast that the king and his lords, his wives and his concubines might drink from them. They are going to drink wine from the sacred vessels that were used for the worship of the true God. What incredible blasphemy. Pastor Mark Finley telling about a smug and arrogant pagan king who thought he was untouchable but instead set himself up for a mighty fall. You're listening to Hope Lives 365. Stepping out in faith requires a bit of hope even when things look bleak. And that source of hope is beyond this world. That's the theme of a small book by Pastor Chris Holland. It's called Hope for a Helpless Planet. Everywhere we turn today, the the world is hurting. There's war and disease and political upheaval, an economy that's severely hurt by a pandemic. Uh, The planet of ours is filled with people desperate for hope, but the good news is that Jesus has promised to return to us one day to bring us where he is. In the book, Hope for a Helpless Planet, Chris Holland shares the promise of the Lord's return and how we can be ready to meet him. Ask for your copy. Hope for a Helpless Planet. It's yours in return for your gift of any amount to this ministry. You can give online or by calling us toll-free, 855-888-HOPE. That's 855-888-4673. Also, you can give online and ask for the book, hopelives365.com. And a quick reminder, while you're there, you can hear Pastor Mark Finley's presentation, the same one you're listening to today, in its entirety. And for a nominal fee, you can download the audio file. It's called Life's Greatest Mistake. Look for it in the sermon archives at hopelives365.com. Again, hopelives365.com. Coming up, Pastor Mark shares how, once again, a frightened pagan king calls for the prophet Daniel, a faithful man of God, to learn the meaning of what was filling him with great fear. The queen spake and said, O king, live forever. Don't let your thoughts trouble you. There is a man in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy God. Look, this Daniel is of superior wisdom. He can interpret the writing on the wall. Call him in. Stay with us for more. Hope Lives 365. Welcome back to Hope Lives 365. 
A little later, I'll share details about Pastor Mark Finley's book, Understanding Daniel and Revelation, a chapter-by-chapter commentary of these two prophetic books. I know you want a copy, so stay tuned for those details. Right now, Pastor Mark Finley shares how King Belshazzar of Babylon, like his grandfather, King Nebuchadnezzar, first consulted his own wise men and astrologers and psychics and fortune tellers. He did that before finally calling upon Daniel, the captive from Judah because only someone who had intimate knowledge of the secrets of Babylon would be able to unravel the mystery before them. Here's Pastor Mark Findlay. The Bible says, Then they brought the gold vessels that had been taken from the temple of the house of God that had been in Jerusalem. And the king and his lords and his wives and his concubines drank from them. And they're drinking wine from those vessels. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and silver and bronze and iron, wood and stone. There is a point where God says, it's enough. There is a point that God says, the cup of iniquity is filled. That time came in Noah's day when water fell upon the earth and the earth was destroyed with a flood. That came in the days of a lot in Sodom and Gomorrah when fire fell from heaven. And it comes again here in the days of Babylon. There are times when God draws a line in the sand. There are times when sin reaches such a height that if God does not step in, sin will corrupt a whole nation, a whole people, a whole generation. It will corrupt an entire society and corrupt an entire world. And so there's times when God does draw a line in the sand. The Bible says, in the same hour, the fingers of a man's hand appeared and wrote opposite the lampstand on the plaster, the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. So this, this hand, this bloodless hand, interrupts the feast. And it writes upon the wall amazing letters. Then the king's countenance changed, his thoughts troubled him, so that the joints of his hips, this is really a neat one, the joints of his hips were loosed and his knees knocked against each other. What's this talking about? You want me to tell you in common language? His stomach is in knots, he's got a migraine headache, his sweat's pouring down his face, and his knees are knocking like crazy. That's, that's in modern polyans, you know. The guy's shaking. I mean, he sees this bloodless hand right on the wall, and he's looking there. The music stops. Nobody's dancing now. They're holding the wine in their hands. They're not putting it to their lips. His knees are knocking. He's shaking, shaking. The king cries, oh no, here these guys come again. The king cries aloud to bring the astrologers, the Chaldeans, the Susan. Now wait a minute, Belshazzar, we've seen these guys before. I mean, they failed in Daniel 2. They failed in Daniel 4. Somebody, tell that king something, would you? Please tell him for me something. Don't bring these guys in again. We know what's going to happen. The psychics, the astrologers, the fortune tellers, and the educated elite all failed in Daniel 2. They failed in Daniel 4, and they're going to strike out in Daniel 5. The king spake, saying to the wise men, whoever reads this writing and tells me its interpretation shall be clothed with purple and have a chain of gold around his neck, and he shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Now, we need a pause there. Why third ruler in the kingdom? Only somebody who knew the intimate secrets of Babylon would be able to understand the third ruler in the kingdom. For many years, the skeptics of the book of Daniel said Daniel could not be a book of prophecy. 
And you know what their argument was that Daniel couldn't be a book of prophecy? It was too accurate. So nobody can predict the future that accurately. So how do you get around that? You give Daniel a late date. You say Daniel was written not in the 6th century B.C., but the 2nd century B.C. had to be written in the 2nd century. If it was written by a scribe in the 2nd century, then it won't be prophecy as much. It still has prophecy in the future, and they can't get around that. But here's the problem with that theory. Nobody in the 2nd century would have the historical knowledge at that time to know, understand this third ruler. Here's the deal. Belshazzar's father was Nabonidus. Nabonidus didn't like so much ruling. He liked natural history. I say he liked to go catch butterflies with butterfly nets, and that's probably an exaggeration. So he had a palace up in Teman. He says to his grandson, his son, uh, Belshazzar, Nabonidus is the father, Belshazzar is the son. He says to his son, Belshazzar, look, uh, you rule, let me be up in Teman. So therefore, Nabonidus is the first ruler, Belshazzar is the second. Therefore, we can make you the third. So only somebody who had intimate details of Babylon would be able to understand that third ruler business. Now, all the king's wise men came. Here they are again. We knew this. We didn't have to study this, right? But they could not read the writing or make known to the king its interpretation. Astrology, fortune-telling, and psychic phenomena are all false science. You know, there are 3,000 astrology columns across America in newspapers right now. And many people get up and they look and see whether they're a Sagittarius or a Leo Lion, whatever. And if the fortune tellers let them down then, what do you think about now? (laughs) To go that direction is to go to a pseudoscience that will just let you down incredibly, leave you barren and empty. Jesus says, James chapter 1, verse 5, can you read it with me, please? The Holy Spirit, through the book of James, says what? If any of you lacks what? Wisdom. Would I ask of who? Of God, who gives to all men liberally and without reproach, and it'll be given to him. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, not let him ask of the fortune teller or the psychic seer. Then King Belshazzar was greatly troubled. His countenance was changed, and his lords were astonished. Here's the family tree of Babylon. I want to show you the family tree because the next verse is good. You'll understand why, because something very significant happens. Here's the family tree. Nebuchadnezzar was the father of Nebuchadnezzar. He died in 605 We have that in the Babylonian Chronicle, the Babylonian records, when Nebuchadnezzar attacked Jerusalem. Nebuchadnezzar made a very quick trip back to Babylon, and his son Nebuchadnezzar took over. There were a variety of other rulers that came in, but Nebuchadnezzar's daughter married Nabonidus, and uh, Nabonidus was the father of Belshazzar. Now keep this in mind. So the mother of Belshazzar, was the daughter of Nebuchadnezzar. Mother of Belshazzar was the daughter of Nebuchadnezzar. There are some people a little confused because in the Bible it says that Belshazzar is the son of Nebuchadnezzar. Does the Bible say that uh, Jesus is the son of David? In the Bible, in the language that's used in the Hebrew language is lineage of, lineage of. So, what you have here is Nebuchadnezzar's daughter marries Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar and Nebuchadnezzar's daughter have a son. His name is Belshazzar. When you look at this next text, look at Daniel 5, verse 10. The queen, because of the words of the king and his lords, came to the banquet hall. Now, who is this queen? Is it the wife of Belshazzar? No. It is the mother of Belshazzar or the daughter of Nebuchadnezzar. And she comes to the banquet hall. 
this older woman comes in. She's wise. It's not a young wife of Belshazzar. It is the queen mother that enters the room. Now, what does she know? She knows how Daniel interpreted the dream of Nebuchadnezzar. She saw him in that entire empire. The queen spake and said, O king, live forever. Don't let your thoughts trouble you, nor let your countenance change. Why not? There is a man in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy God. In the days of your fathers, father and the light and understanding wisdom like the wisdom of gods were found in him. Look, this Daniel is of superior wisdom. He can interpret the writing on the wall. Call him in. What do you know from this text? Here's what you know. Daniel wasn't at that feast. Daniel was not at that feast. He wasn't where the feet were tapping and the music was playing and the wine was flowing and the morality was going. Pastor Mark Finley on the account in Daniel chapter 5 of how King Belshazzar's mother, the daughter of King Nebuchadnezzar, who had witnessed Daniel's pronouncements of God's interpretation of her father's dreams, encouraged her son to call upon Daniel to resolve a fearful mystery because he had remained faithful to his God and the Spirit of the Lord remained with him. You're listening to Hope Lives 365 with Mark Findlay. Uh, He's back in a moment to continue, but first I have information about his study in Daniel, a great resource that we think you'll want to have. It's yours in return for your significant gift to the ministry of Hope Lives 365. Understanding Daniel and Revelation, the title of this book, a chapter-by-chapter commentary of uh, both Daniel and Revelation drawn from Mark Finley's four decades of study in God's Word. Every chapter focuses on the living Christ and his ability to change lives. Although the world may seem out of control, uh, prophecy reveals a God who is in control. And Mark Finley's book contains the secret to unlocking ancient predictions. In return for your generous contribution of $50 or more, please request a copy of this thought-provoking study from Pastor Mark Findlay. Understanding Daniel and Revelation, that's the title. Get in touch today. You can do so online at hopelives365.com. You can make your contribution there, or you can do that when you call 855-888-HOPE. That's 855-888-HOPE. By the way, we love to hear how these messages and Daniel are helping you. Write to us today and let us know. Share your testimony. Hope Lives 365, Post Office Box 118, Haymarket, Virginia, 20168. And remember, too, that you can hear the message that we're presenting now in its entirety online at hopelives365.com. Look for the title, Life's Greatest Mistake. I will be faithful to God under any circumstances. I am not going to be bought. I'm not going to be sold. The burden of my life is to be faithful to God. In a few moments, Pastor Mark will close out today's program on Hope Lives 365. back for Hope Lives 365 and a final word from Pastor Mark Findlay on the need to put God's desires for us above everything else. Once again, here's Pastor Mark. I want you to picture the scene. People have been drinking, they're half drunk, the bloodless hand is written on the wall, and every eye is focused on Daniel as he walks in. Now, the king speaks. Are you that Daniel who's one of the captives from Judah? I've heard of you, that you can give interpretations and explain enigmas. 
Now, if you can read the writing and make known to me its interpretation, you shall be clothed with purple and have a chain of gold around your neck. You'll be the third ruler in the kingdom. Then Daniel answered and said, let your gifts be for yourself and give your rewards to another. My soul is not for sale. Let your gifts be to yourself. Let your rewards be to another. I will be faithful to God under any circumstances. I am not going to be bought. I'm not going to be sold. The burden of my life is to be faithful to God. There are some things that are not worth having if they take you away from God. There are some things that are better to let go. Daniel looks. He says, let your gifts be to yourself, your rewards to be to another. But then he says, I will read the writing to the king and make note of the interpretation. If you do what you know to be right, God will open more doors of truth for you. Pastor Mark Findlay closing out today's edition of Hope Lives 365. With words of faithfulness from Daniel to the king, let your gifts be to yourself and your rewards to another. We, like Daniel, can say, my soul is not for sale. Well, we're glad you joined us today and hope you'll do so again next time as Pastor Mark returns to bring the conclusion of this fifth message in the Unsealing the Secrets of Daniel series, Examining Life's Greatest Mistake. Don't miss it on the next Hope Lives 365.